Hey girl, Marissa here. You are listening to the Codepend Dummy Podcast. As a young woman, you have been raised, reinforced, and rewarded for putting the needs of others above your own. Now, in your 20s, you're finding yourself exhausted, exasperated, and enveloped in shit relationships, especially the one you have with yourself. Codependency is a way of being where we put the feelings, wants, and needs of others above our own in an unconscious attempt to meet our own feelings, wants, and needs. Sorry to break it to you, sis, but that is not sustainable. This podcast is to help you undo all that so you can stop playing small and start taking up space, you dummy. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Coda Pandemic podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Dantea Mitchell Hunter. Dantea is a self worth coach, therapist, and speaker that helps women get out of unfulfilling relationships and recreate self-love and happiness, single or partnered. Dantea is also the host of the Situation Shit podcast, where she fearlessly tackles those common mental health hangups that we've all experienced, from feeling like you're too much to not enough at all. She wants women to know their worth doesn't come from being in a relationship, nor what others think of them. Dantea, thank you for being here. You are welcome. Thanks for reading that. I was just thinking like, when did we get to the age where we have like introductions? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was before like, this is Marissa. She's seven. (laughs) That's it. Like this is her name and her age. That's it. Yeah. It could still be that. This is Marissa. She's 35. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm curious, Dantea, how do you conceptualize codependency? Yeah, I've been thinking about this for a while. And how I like to think about it is I would say maybe a little less clinical, more casual. So mm-hmm. when I think of codependency, I think of like, it is a life source. It's like, I need this person in my life because without them, my life won't be as vivid, as vibrant, as fun, as hopeful, as positive, whatever. It's kind of like without this other person, persons, um, I will be nothing. I will have mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, it reminds me of on a favor scene, Pleasantville. It's like there's okay, yeah. So there's color, and then there is no color. It's like right. when that when that um, codependency thread is cut. And then I did some exploring on the internet because I love to just see what words mean for like Oxford and things like that. And it was saying it was in the more clinical sense of like the person who you are being called to be codependent to, like that person has to be um needs to be needed mm-hmm. and what else did it say it said something else I can't remember but yeah needs to be needed and that really that that really got me I was like oh oh okay I didn't think about that mm-hmm. what about that really got you well, it just makes me, because when I remember hearing the word, the term codependency is when I was watching intervention, like real tough, like intervention was my life. And I remember it was a son and a mother and the therapist was like, how she called him codependent. And I'm like, what? You could see them like running to each other's aid and it's okay. You don't have to go. And I love you mom. And I, I could see the push and pull. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, I'm so glad I'm not codependent. And then Mm. life was like, actually, girl, you are. So I just started to see how I have that desire to be needed. Like Mm -hmm. I thought, I thought these things would happen like 
my mom and I relationship with a friend in college and seeing like, oh no, actually this is something that I feel that I'm constantly trying to manage full, fully submerge to it, uh, submit to it. And then other times like cut it off, you know, so right. trying to figure it out at 33. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dante at 33. <laughs> yeah. Um, <that's> it. <laughs> so you mentioned your mom, you mentioned your friend from college, um, doesn't have to be either of them, but do you have a codependent experience or relationship from your own life that you can share with us? Yeah. I think the one from college is like the best example that I'm able to talk about, like right off the top of my head, because mm-hmm. I didn't know it was codependency. This is what everybody does. You have your number one friend and you spend all your time together and you don't make any moves without the other. So we're going to parties together. Um, I'm wearing their clothes. She's wearing my clothes. We spend, spend spring break together. We have sleepovers. Uh, I already have a plus one. So Mm. say a friend would invite me to a party without even thinking, I know I'm going to invite that person. So we're going to come not even checking with my friend. Do you want to just be us? It's like, it's already known, like we're together all the time. Mm. And what came out of that was just really a lot of pain. Because we spent so much time together, which is the which is the piece where I'm like, it could be a both and like you enjoy someone, you love their company. Some people enjoy someone's company so much they get married, they have children, right? So like there's that, and then there's a totally enmeshed type of relationship, which I feel like we had. And mm-hmm. because we were so connected, I didn't feel like I could do any, I didn't want to do anything to risk that connection, which meant I didn't want to share my frustrations, which meant I let things um, slide off my back, even though this person would say really hurtful things to me. And I kind of just like took it on because I don't want it to go away or maybe, I don't even know. I mean, I was, how old was I? I was 19, 20, uh, maybe even 21 at the time. So it just got, it got really ugly. Like I remember, I remember slowly, but surely I did not spend any time with my other friends. It was just her and I, mm-hmm. her and I, people would miss me. Like, I miss you. I want to see you. Oh, well, someone signed We're hanging out today and blah, 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 blah. Or there's always there. And then I got to the point where just a, a huge blow up. Mm-hmm. And because that blow up happened, let's see finals week of my senior year wow so just a quick story something happened spring break something really bad happened to me in spring break that friend at the time told my ex what happened he broke up with me and literally as I'm walking into the library to go study her and I stopped being friends three days later was graduation and because I had um isolated myself with the help of this person from my other friends I had no one to like take pictures with at graduation. There were no plans around graduation. I wasn't really walking with anyone for graduation. I felt really alone. And I saw my, Mm -hmm. the friends who I used to be close to and kind of like waving and we kind of, it wasn't the same. Right. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And then what happened? Uh, More of that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. As I look back on my life, right, I, well, what happened after that, I had a lot of honest conversations with my friend, especially my my best friend that I had known from high school. We actually ended up going to the same college together. Just had a conversation with her, apologizing for like not being around, not being there, not knowing what I didn't know. Uh, I had a lot of hurt after that. I think that relationship to this day has made me very hypervigilant and very sensitive of new relationships. Mm allowing myself to still get excited for new friendships new relationships right. and also like oh my gosh what if what if I think I'm also awful person what if they're really mean to me and what? you know it's just like panic can ensue right. if I don't check it right yeah yeah mm. yeah I'm curious like um either with the blow up or like even like yeah the four years prior like is there like a specific memory that's like quintessentially you being codependent in that friendship? Like when you really like vividly remember like declining an invite 
or um, right to be with her Mm -hmm. or like, yeah, just kind of like at some fork in the road and like choosing her Mm -hmm. Um, or yeah. And does does anything come to mind? If you're listening to this episode, I bet you're wondering what behaviors you're doing that keep you from getting your needs met and ending up in situationship after situationship. I got you. I've created a situationship quiz and I'm so excited about it. Take the quiz to discover more behaviors and more tips for navigating situationships because I know you're in more than one right now. No judgment, boo-boo. I used to have five situationships at a time. Yes. So you're not alone. You can find the quiz at www.dontea.co forward slash quiz. That's D-O-N-T-E-A dot C-O forward slash quiz. I'll drop it in the show notes as well. Okay, back to the episode. You know, the only thing that really sticks out, and I barely remember the details, is we had just gone on spring break together, and that's when the thing happened. And when we got back into town, gosh, I can't remember, but we went to the grocery store, went to her house, and she started getting really upset with me. Like, she told me that her mom um, identified as gay and she she thought I was going to respond in the way other people had responded. I was totally fine with it. I don't remember making any faces. She was and she was saying like she's so triggered by what happened in the past. She can't even tell by looking at me if I'm judging her. And I'm just like kind of like sitting there like, well, I'm not like it's totally fine. And then she just started being really mean. And I remember thinking, here we go again. Mm-hmm. So then I said, OK, I'm going to leave. And I left, and then I remembered that I left my favorite leggings over there. And I said to myself, if I go and get the leggings, that's going to say we're friends still. But if I don't return and get the leggings and just buy some more, which I could, then we're not friends. Wow. And I remember thinking about it, and I was like, I'm going to go get my leggings. And we like... Kind of had a chat, not really, and kind of apologized. She kind of apologized, and the drama continued. But I remember that point like, you could leave this. Mm. Right. Yeah. Talk about a codependent fork. <laughs> right. Like it was clear. I yeah. can go back and, yeah, kind of smooth over what just yep. happened, or I can leave and right like through my departure you had communicated it you know like pretty explicitly like I'm gonna go like I'm not gonna stay around for this Mm -hmm. and also like implicitly like I'm not coming back until yeah we're able to repair this and yeah address it and then yeah you're like "Mm." Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah um (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's such a common fork for listeners. So like, and I know it was years ago, but like any other thoughts on like, on that choice and like, um, like how it seems so obvious, like, yeah, like go, like keep going, don't go back. But Mm -hmm. actually like, it's, 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 it's so much easier just to, just to smooth things over. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier, like bird's eye view, so much easier. And then the moment I was um, probably, yeah, we were drinking then. So yeah, (laughs) I was 21 and we just went through this thing and we have a good time together that I can recall, even though it comes with this, ugh, I ouch part. Um if we stop being friends, what are people going to say? 
it's almost like a twist of like, I have to be the bigger person. And like, as a therapist, I can say childhood stuff, you know, taught me to like, it's awful here, but like, just stick in it and then you'll get love again. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of like the thing for me too. Like, oh, maybe she can get better. Maybe it can be better. Maybe something I did. And and maybe, maybe when I, I remember this thought, maybe when I go back and see her, I can like really tell her, like, I don't care about your mom's gay. Like, I really don't like really, mm. you know, bring it home. Maybe, maybe she missed it. Right. And that's why she was mean. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not yeah. in my head. That is my <laughs> same, right? Mindset, perspective, thought pattern. Yeah. Oh, the codependent forks I've gotten in. <laughs> And oh, like, yeah, really like a, like a codependent or like independent, interdependent choice. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, let, let me just, let me just go down this neural pathway. Let me just, let's just stick with what's familiar. What's yeah. familiar. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's an easier way to say it. Everyone Marissa's is yeah. right. What's familiar. Stick right. with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, so Let's shift to your specialty with dating. (laughs) And we're going to get into um, this language. Everyone, Dante and I, we had corresponded before this. So we're going to get to, um, yeah, being able to shift mindset from being chosen right by someone to Mm. doing the choosing. But before we get to that specifically, Dantea, what have you observed codependency looks like when dating? Yeah, that's a good question. So just to back up and taking a pause, and you can cut this out if you want to or not. As you said it just now, like my specialty is in dating. I'm like, is it dating? I don't feel like I'm a specialty in dating. It's some, so now I'm just wondering, like, is it dating or is it really like the person in dating? You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you have thoughts on that, please share with me. No, I like uh, it. Okay. Which one? Um, You specialize in like one's experience navigating dating while dating. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what I see when it comes to codependency and dating is there's a lot of pressure that women, I can speak from that, maybe, maybe men, maybe non-binary. I think a person can feel very pressured to get it right. And I don't want to scare this person off. I don't want to, um, make them judge me in a negative way. I want to have a second date. I want them to pick me. I want them to choose me. And so in order to get chosen, which is what I've um, grew up with, I need to know how to cook. I need to know how to clean. I need to know how to attract the man. I need to know how to not be so aggressive and uh, smile a lot and look Mm. pretty and all these kind of things. And so as you're holding all of that, how could that not come up and kind of nudge you to show up in a way that this person will want you which means I have to change myself, which means I need to get to know them, which means I need to make them go back to the definition, need me, want to be around me all the time. So you mm-hmm. like football? I like football. Right. You like to hike? I like to hike. You want to hike Sunday right now, even though you just call me and you said, I want to hike in five minutes. I'm actually not free, but I'll make myself free because I want you to choose me. And so I'll be there for you. Let's do it. Let's go. Here's my address. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. The contorting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Without getting paid. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, just to like say it back. So yeah, pressure to get it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially for women and maybe men. <laughs> yes. Maybe non-binary people, but yeah. I mean, who spends an hour in general, culturally getting mm-hmm. ready Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it was mm-hmm. not, it was not my husband before our first date. Yeah. Um, and yeah, don't scare him off. Right. Don't be too intense. Don't be too needy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, don't right. And just trying to avoid, yeah, the judgment, right? Pick me, choose me. I want to get a second date. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I will contort, right? Show up in a way where you'll want me. I love football. I love hiking. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Any other it. yeah thoughts on um and yeah, it sounds like specifically like focusing on like codependency like early on, which mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you like we're most vulnerable to being chosen then, which makes sense. Other thoughts on what codependency looks like, yeah, early on when dating. Yeah, I you know, it it starts way before the first date. It starts mm-hmm. way before the can I have your number? It starts way before the oh, who's that in the corner? end of the bar it's the conversations with our friends can't wait to be married oh my god I want a kid and um, I want to be married by 25 and I'm gonna marry the guy I met in college because that's what you're supposed to do and we're gonna have a house and he's gonna be work so when I meet the guy at the end of the bar who seems like um someone that I could talk to I have to think about do they want to talk to me I hope they want I hope they want to talk to me Okay. Okay. It doesn't seem like he's married. Okay. So then we start to already push them into our idea of what we need. And so, because we're not thinking like, can this, in in these moments, can this person be a partner to me in the way that I want it? It's how can I get this person to choose me so I can check these Mm -hmm. life goals off as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So not necessarily, I mean, not necessarily, not, not necessarily, just Mm -hmm. not seeking fit between the two of us, Mm -hmm. right? Compatibility, but fit with my preconceived notions Mm -hmm. of what's expected of me to please the narrative I'm supposed to Mm -hmm. fulfill, fulfill. Yep. Yep. And it even comes down to like the little things of um, codependency. Like you don't want to, if I want someone to, if I need someone to like be with me and choose me and constantly choosing me and constantly being in my life, I can't do anything to scare this person. And that could be as small as not ordering a man's drink, right? And it needs to be something fruity and cute. I remember when I started ordering old fashions like the men will be like, oh, you want an old fashioned? And I'm like, yeah, I do, you know? And knowing like, this is a man's drink. And if I want mm-hmm. to attract a man, why are you drinking old fashioned? Are you, mm-hmm. then I'm masculine. And you know, it's just, it's just, I'm exhausted talking about it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, so much. Yeah. Actually, no, while you're talking, you're bringing back memories. I remember very early on, dating my now husband, but being codependent, being insecure, hoping, right? Like unknowingly, unconsciously Mm -hmm. hoping he would choose me. I remember one time I was driving to a meeting. It was on a Saturday morning and I was bawling Mm -hmm. in my car, so terrified of losing him because I was going to mess it up like I had in all my other relationships, which I actually hadn't messed it up. I was (laughs) confident. I was just attracting, you know, a lot of red flags prior. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I remember being so scared that I was, I was going to mess it up. If, if it didn't work out, it was a hundred percent on me. 100%. Yep. Yeah. There was no like, I mean, I technically chose him, but still it wasn't like this confident certainty. It was mm-hmm. now, please, 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 please choose me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's there. Yeah. yeah. So how can people shift their mindset from trying to be chosen in the dating world to doing the choosing themselves? Oh, yes. I think it's a process. One, so I don't want anyone thinking like, this is the key, this is the answer, and tomorrow it will be better. 
it's really taking the time, what I've seen, what I found, taking the time to really ask yourself, like, what do I want? What do I need in a partner? Thinking about that. What do, how do I want to show up in a partnership? Do I want to keep doing the things I'm supposed to? Do I want to be the main one that feeds us? You know, is that what I want to do? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I know for me, I can only cook two times a week. Like that's it. Like I no. if you're not eating leftovers, I don't want to tell you. So thinking about that, and then there has to be constant uh, challenging of the mindset of like, I deserve these things. I deserve to meet someone who's not going to look at me as to do for them, not Mm -hmm. to bear their children, not to stay at home. And that's it. I want someone who sees me, who um, doesn't need me to wear makeup, who doesn't want to have sex all the time. And that's how we measure our, our status. That's how we measure our connection, like whatever that is, you know, really taking your time to think about that. And then this is kind of another more challenging piece to it, really turning it on its head, like the words exactly from chosen to choosing, what does it look like to choose someone? One of the ways I started to embrace that is I really literally had to tell myself, why don't you interview these people mm-hmm. instead of just being like, oh, they're cute. And oh, oh, they like, oh, they like me back. Okay, well, great. Well, let me ride this out. Let me get some free food or let me, let me give them my number and not really thinking, do I like this person too? Am I interested? Do I find them attractive? Do I want to give them my number? And I will say this too, like there is, there are spaces where, unfortunately for women, we constantly have to think about our safety, where giving the number is easier than, than dealing with the drama. I get that. I'm talking like more higher up. Mm-hmm. Do I want to, do I want to communicate with this person? Right. So really putting the power back in yourself instead of giving our worth to the other person to determine what we deserve and how quickly can we get it? Mm-hmm. One. And this is not in any strict order, but taking the time to ask yourself, what do I want? What do I need in a partner? How do I want to show up in a relationship? That is easier asked than answered. Mm-hmm. Right? Two, right? Challenging the, you know, being chosen mindset to I deserve these things right? I deserve to choose. Yeah. And three, right? Turning it on its head. So what does it like look like to choose? Right. And just, yeah, just Mm -hmm. really, it sounds like being reflective. If someone does show interest, um, or if I'm interested and they reciprocate, like just continuing to reflect, like, do I really like your, yeah. Do I like them too? Do I want to communicate with them? So yeah, it kind of sounds like before you get into dating, getting clear on what you want. Yeah. Kind of before and during, right? Keep mm-hmm. challenging yourself. Like, I deserve, I deserve this. I deserve to choose. <laughs> yes. And then while you're dating, lots of reflection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Other thoughts on shifting the mindset to being, yeah, to doing the choosing. I think another thing that's really helpful is your circle. So when I think about wanting to date differently, I remember thinking like, okay, what are those um, narratives that's challenging? Like maybe I want a healthier relationship. I'm I'm ready to step out of the space of just using men for you fill in anything, you know, trips, sex, money, whatever. And I remember some people in my circle that I spent a lot of time with valued that. Like, let's just manipulate men and move on, which <laughs> no judgment, truly live your life. And I, when I wanted something different, I had to seek out different support. Mm. You know, it's it's similar when people tell you like, like you are like a product of your environment. If you constantly in high school if you constantly hang around friends who had no interest in going to college and thought college was lame and things like that 
and you really want to go to college, it's really hard to make that leap if everyone else is like, boo, college, college is lame, you know, things like that. So having a really good support system that you can talk to about these ideas who will support you maybe in your radical thinking compared to the group thinking. I think that's really, really important. And of course, therapy, coaching, spiritual healing, whatever that is for you. Right. And um, I'm curious your thoughts on the ways self-worth and codependency show up at the same time. Yeah, when it comes to being chosen or choosing. Yeah. Well, like I was saying before, like self-worth, like really self, like within yourself. And so a lot of a lot of us have, have been conditioned to believe that the other person who was looking at me is determining my worth, right? Use you and I as an example. There could, there could be, is whatever, many narratives that I could have about you having about me and vice versa. And so I could have used this opportunity to be like, okay, I am worth it to be on Marissa's podcast, right? That's where it starts, ends. Versus I could say, I would like to be on her podcast. I'm going to reach out and whatever happens, happens, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Versus if she doesn't choose me, that means I'm not good. It means I'm not cool enough. I'm not important enough and things like that, right? And so when we're dating and with a dependency, it's like, if he doesn't choose me back, that determines how good I am. And that could determine if someone else will choose me. And if this doesn't work out, this is my only opportunity for love. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I should just stay because this is what I know and worth self-worth comes into play of, I know what I deserve. I am a good person and I can make mistakes, you know, really internal validation and support versus external seeking it outwardly and letting that be Mm -hmm. the definition of self. Right. I can be rejected. And even though it seems like it, it has nothing to do with my value. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's so hard to get to. Hell yeah, it is. And I'm totally biased <laughs> because I'm married. Yeah. I'm married to a wonderful partner. I, you know, I've dated, you know, some interesting humans. Um, Yeah, that was toxic and very unhealthy, but... Yeah. How, um, yeah. Your thoughts on like helping people come to that place. Like if, if you are content in a relationship, like, yeah. Helping them like, it's okay if you're single, but yeah, I'm, I'm married. So yeah. I know. I know. I think about that too. Like I'm in a relationship now. Uh, it's, healthy we've been together for um, almost a year now which I'm like what because most of my relationships have been toxic and just just chaotic and so I too find myself like oh but I'm not seeing like the rest of y'all so uh, uh like you know there's that and so I just try to how do I how do I do this what I always try to remember who I was before this moment Mm. And that I can still be that person, even right. in a relationship. I'm sure you have moments in your marriage where those codependency uh, creeps up, insecurities creep up, right? And we manage it. Uh, I feel like I lost track of the question. Just, yeah, how you navigate like being content in a relationship while we are trying to encourage like clients, listeners, like to to not value themselves based on being in a relationship, but we're in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How to not value myself. How to value self, even though I'm in a relationship. I think the work, at least for myself, has been to still value myself in this relationship right. because Marissa, when I tell you in all my relationships, I treated it like a damn job, like show up, talk, 
call. I have to do these things. I have to do mm. these things. And now I really told myself, I'm like, you're still going to show up for yourself. You're still going to make your own plans. You're still going to work. You're still going to spend time with yourself. You're still going to see your friends and not letting the relationship being the, um, the, the prize of my life, you know, Woo, finally I'm in a relationship. Okay. I don't have to work on anything else. Everything's good. Cause I have this relationship. Right. Hopefully that helps. I think so. It's, I mean, it's hard because I too, like, I really admire like some of my like spiritual teachers and guides, even like therapists who have, like, it just seems like they're very certain that with or without their partner whom they love, Mm -hmm. they will be okay. Yeah. And they've meditated on that and reflected on that and gotten very still and grounded Mm -hmm. knowing that. So yeah, I think it is possible to come from that place and still promote, yeah, like your own worth, like independent of being with someone. But yeah, it's, yeah, sometimes like if I were single, I would have a hard time buying into that because I'd be like, well, bitch, like you're, Mm -hmm. you're booed up, but Mm -hmm. yeah, like absolutely partners die people get divorced Mm -hmm. like affairs happen and so yeah Mm -hmm. just because you're with someone it really it doesn't it does not create the the guaranteed security I think Mm -hmm. that we that myth that we do fall for yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely and times have changed like thank goodness women don't need men to make money or have a bank account right you know like thank goodness for that and with that changes like challenges this myth this societal conditioning like you must be partnered in order to uh have a life Mm -hmm. to start living and I I I have a recent friend where she's similar to what you're saying like your spiritual these mentors she said the same thing to me and this is her second marriage and she said you know if my husband ever left or we got a divorce I'd be sad um but I'd be okay like he is the love of my life and I'll be okay. And I was like, what? like, you know, like how, how could you say that? And it's true because at the end of the day, we can't control anyone. So yes, it's helped me practice being more present. Mm-hmm. This relationship is great. Oh my gosh, it's so awesome. And look at these pictures and the videos, look what we're doing. And if it ended, I would be sad. I'm going to allow myself to be sad and I'll be okay. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just, a, it's a daily practice, truly. Yeah. Right. But your, your, your want in your bio, right. For women to know their worth doesn't come from being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's part one of it. And also not what others think, but yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a commendable um, goal to have for all of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, my own journey. It's my own journey. Cause relationship being on um, being partner was everything every, right. everything to me mm-hmm. yeah okay so how can individuals recognize these signs of codependency in their relationships and take steps to nurture their self-worth hmm take steps to recognize the signs of codependency in the relationship part one, right? So I would say I would, this is just me. I would say if you find yourself ruminating over the person so much, like how some people will say um, someone is renting my, what's the saying? Like living in my head rent-free or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like if the person is ruminating so much, living in your head, I think that's a sign like how it, past the like honeymoon, past the butterflies. It's like when you think about your life and you try to incorporate them in every single part of your life, I would be curious about that. You know, or are you all of a sudden thinking about let's, let's go on a business together. Let's buy a house together. Uh, let's, let's develop an app and let's travel here and here and let's meet each other's parents and let's talk about kids. I think there's a certain intensity level with that. Like if right. 
like truly, if all of a sudden you feel like now my life can start, like, I think, I just think that's one sign. And I'm speaking for myself, like the things I've gone through. Um, other steps, what I'm currently learning is like, do you honestly asking yourself, like, do you really feel like you're kind of, you're the kind of person who really loves to be needed, really wants to show up, really being that person, like I'll drop any and everything for you. Because if we apply that to like long-term living, that would be exhausting. How are you going to keep up with that? Mm-hmm. Just my thoughts. Um, and then the second part, Marissa, do you mind? What are the steps one can take to nurture their self-worth? One of my favorites is just spending time with yourself. I know for me growing up, and I've met people even recently who cannot fathom spending time with themselves. Like really, like someone said, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how, like, I don't know how you can be alone. Like when I'm alone and I just, I'm just with my thoughts and I don't like that. And so I have to constantly distract myself. Um, excuse me, <laughs> taking yourself out on the date, going to movies by yourself, traveling solo. I did that for like a whole year and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I think defining what is self-worth mean to you, 100% defining it. Mm-hmm. Don't go off of what Google says, you define it yourself. And then how are we take, it's kind of saying it back. Then how are you aligning yourself with that definition of self-worth? so spend time with yourself right going out on dates traveling solo defining self-worth without yeah any reference to oxford or google just Mm -hmm. yeah what does that mean to me and then trying to make adjustments in your life to align with prioritizing self-worth yeah well like when you think sometimes when people define self-worth they end up defining their values and so then how are you aligning yourself with these values you're saying make up your worth make up your identity are you living in that how closely are you living in that Mm -hmm. you know if joy is one of your values which makes you feel worthy of something. I feel really joyful. I feel worthy of being alive. I feel worthy of being in this moment. I feel worthy, grateful, whatever. When I'm in this relationship with this person, do I feel joy? Is it constant joy? Is it mm, every other week I feel joy? Mm-hmm. Then we, what are we going to do about that? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on, right, reflecting on this as if it were a scenario, Dantea, let's say I recognize I'm codependent in a relationship. I start to take steps that nurture my self-worth and that hopefully would benefit the relationship but it also might pose potential risks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like in in your coaching work or as a therapist, like how have you helped clients navigate that reality? Yeah, this is one of my favorite things because what happens when you start tending to yourself more, when you start taking care of yourself, when you start pouring into and increasing your self-worth, when you really start, being able to say, this is who I am, you know, through and through days will shift that people will get to see who you are authentically. And when that person you're dating, getting to know whatever starts to see you authentically, it could pose a risk to ending the relationship, improving the relationship, whatever it's because we're showing up inauthentic. I'm showing up as this girl who likes a Chicago bears and wants to watch it every Sunday. And then six weeks later, I can't pretend that, that uh, much longer. Now I'm coming out and saying, Oh, I never liked football. You know, why do I have to watch football again? 
And it's like, wait, I fell in love with a person who goes to the games with me and bought a season pass and, and skydives. And now you're telling me you don't like any of that stuff. Like, who are you? You mm-hmm. know? And I mean, that's a really soft, nice example. It could be, I could be resentful towards you. I could, I could hate you. I could be mean. I could be um, curt with you. Right. And it's like, you're looking at me like, what the hell? And I'm looking at you like, why can't you see me? And you know, I never do things that I want to do. And it's like, well, because that's not how you showed up. And so when you are pouring into yourself and doing all these things, getting an alignment, it could pose risk 100%. That's why I say, let's do this now. And then when you meet people, as you start to show up as you, you, the people who are attracted to you will, will find you and you'll find them. Right. So this is preferred to do prior to a relationship but it can also happen during and yeah I mean the risk right you know going back to your definition of codependency it's a life source so you are risking a potential life source Mm -hmm. but the work that you're encouraging Dantea it's you know, to, to find that source within, but it just, you know, it might take a little longer to cultivate that inner source. So then dear listener, if you do this, yeah, you might have to risk some, some pain and heartache, losing a life source while you, while you find it within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't always have to go away. You know, that life source can adjust that life source could surprise you and be like, Tell me more. Oh, okay, I didn't know. What do you like to do? Let me, let me, how can I support you on this journey? Right. You know, I'm just worried about you. You know, I'm worried about the person. How much longer can you like stuff this shit in? You're going right. to explode. Mm-hmm. Like I did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Disclaimer warning for long-term codependency. explosion or implosion yeah either way but a shin (laughs) exactly um all right uh final thoughts um yeah doing the choosing on self-worth um taking steps to nurture your self-worth if you are codependent in a relationship final thoughts is i would just say like this is this is heavy this is hard stuff it's definitely easier said than done I think it's a daily practice it's a daily practice and I'm not perfect I'm not saying I land self-worth expression every single day every moment absolutely not and I can say that it's a lighter feeling when you shift the place of others Uh, determine my worth and my value to like I determine it Mm -hmm. and so you'll be very surprised what you find out when you start doing that maybe you'll be like me and dancing in a grocery store aisle and not caring what people are thinking doing saying Mm -hmm. because I could never fathom doing that before because I have to think about what are the people in the grocery store going to think about me even though the song's playing very loud and obviously everyone knows it so lightness when you shift to defining your own worth yes yeah I agree yeah this week actually I had a a professional decision to make and yeah you know what what's my what are my patients gonna think what's my colleague Mm -hmm. gonna think just the timing of it it just didn't work out ultimately it was timing yeah um but right. My codependent heart, mm-hmm. like fuck timing. Yeah. Like, like timing is not an excuse. Mm-hmm. Right? So like timing doesn't matter. Like what yeah. people think matters. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think getting clear, like I journaled, like my feelings and like what they're coming from. So like fear, anxiety, and then, yeah, I journaled like, but I feel really certain. I feel really mm-hmm. confident about this decision ultimately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it was heavy to communicate, but now she's like, huh. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that is the feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good for you. Thank you. Yeah. When, when daily, daily. <laughs> mm-hmm. daily. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. All right, Dante. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And um, you do have something to offer the listener. Can you share what, what you're making available? I do. I have something that I spent a lot of time creating. I had a lot of fun with it. It is my situationship quiz. So basically, if you find yourself someone who struggles with codependency, boundaries, self-worth, whatever, and you constantly are in these same toxic relationship cycles and you're just like what the fuck can I do to get out of these cycles and at least at the very least learn more about yourself take this quiz and it'll help you Mm -hmm. and that is at your website Mm -hmm. www.dantea.co slash quiz yes okay I'll put a link to that in the show notes and if people want to get in touch with you can they go there another preferred contact for you. Yeah, they can go there. They can also, you know, follow me on Instagram. I respond to my DMs. They can, which is at soirees and therapy. They can email me at hello. Well, at hello. They can email me hello at dantea.co. Okay. So I'll put links to the quiz, your Instagram and your email in the show notes. Um, again, thank you for being here and dear listener. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah, hoping you guys can all start working towards defining your own worth and we will see you next week. Take care. Bye. Hey girl, it's Marissa again. I'm not like a regular podcaster. I'm a cool podcaster, right? Thank you for listening and staying till the end. You can find me on Instagram at therapy with Marissa. Email me Marissa at codependummy.com. Check out codependummy.com for more information on the show. And baby girl, a subscribe rating and review would be much appreciated. Till next time. I want you to remember, if you are feeling unseen, I see you. If you are feeling unheard, I hear you. And if you think that you don't matter, know that you matter to me. I want you to go out there so you can stop playing small and start taking up space, you dummy. And now, the disclaimer. Girl, this is not therapy and I am not your therapist. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, publisher, or guests are rendering any legal, clinical, or other professional service. If you want or need a professional, please find one.